And we'll begin there tonight. Let's give you a specific example of what this looks like on the ground. The Perth and Smith Falls District Hospital in Eastern Ontario serves about 60,000 people in an area about 90 kilometers southwest of Ottawa. Well, over the weekend, the Perth Hospital's ER, there are two, Perth's Hospital was forced to close because of a shortage of nurses, sending people to the Smith's Falls Hospital, which is about 25 kilometers away. That is now the only one open to serve that entire area. Now, the Perth ER was meant to reopen this Thursday. That has now been delayed. That is how authorities, as I mentioned, across the country have cut the hours of hospital emergency emergency departments and urgent care clinics in recent weeks. And a move that in some cases may extend right through the summer, the shortage, these problems are not going away. It's really due to a surge in patients and staff shortages exacerbated by the high number of healthcare workers who are sick or just simply burned out. Well, with more on this now, joining me is Dr. Alan Drummond. He's co-chair of public affairs for the Canadian Association of Emergency Physicians. He also is a family and emergency physician at that very same Perth hospital I was just talking about. Thanks for your time tonight. Oh, my pleasure. So just uh, in a nutshell, what's going, what, what has been going on in, in, in Perth? Right. Uh, so I've been here since 1983. This is coming on my 40th year. Uh, and for the first time in that entire history, uh, we're faced, we've had the occasion to close our emergency department because of staffing shortages. This is really a national problem. Uh, you know, there's been a number of reasons why nurses are leaving the profession Unfortunately, most sometimes most some of our most experienced nurses uh, burn out and stress, uh, short staffing situations, crowding, increasing levels of violence and abuse in the emergency department, and uh, you know, COVID is sort of the thing that probably the hair that broke the camel's back in some respects. It's been a long time coming. Our nurses uh, have been saying for years now, we need more help. Uh, you know, we're not we're not comfortable with the safety of the care we're providing. Uh, you know, we need more resources. And, uh, you know, I think uh, our administration, like many other administration, has been saying, well, there is no more money in the pot. So do the best you can. Hang in there. You know, we're all in this together. And uh, what happened recently was we've gone in the last several months from a cadre of 15 emergency nurses down to about seven. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, a couple left for somewhat greener pastures in private industry. And uh, that left us down to five. And at that point, the hospital was talking about, you know, we're not sure we can provide a safe level of care. Therefore, we will uh, consider closing the emergency department down from 11 o'clock at night to seven in the morning. Uh, that was the plan. Uh, and then on Friday last, uh, two of the remaining five nurses tested positive for COVID, bringing down our cadre to three and a completely uh, untenable and unacceptable situation. So here we are. We've got a closed emergency department uh, and are expected to close into sometime into next week. Uh, people that come to our doors are being redirected to our sister hospital in Smith Falls, which is about uh, 20, 25 K away. Um, and, um, you know, I feel like we've kind of let the community down. I can imagine because for the, for the area of Perth, you're really the only, you're it. Right. So, you know, the town of Perth is uh, 6,000 people, but the broader catchment area is around 25,000. includes uh, people that come from an hour and an hour and a half away, Charbot Lake, Donald's Corners, up around Calabogie, Westport. It's a big geographic area. We are the only hospital in that, in that catchment area. We are between Peterborough and us. There's nothing else. And we, we live, you know, we're, we're, we're situated right on a busy highway on Highway 7, which is still a main artery uh, for the Ottawa-Toronto traffic. Uh, we have 
you know, heavy uh, agricultural industry here. We have uh, factories uh, and they rely on us to be available should there be an unexpected illness or injury. Uh, you know, a lot of people here are socially disadvantaged just to be straight. Uh, you know, they're, they're still driving around in 1985 uh, Ford pickup trucks, which are rusted out with a muffler dragon. And uh, they're going to show up in our doors in the back of these pickup trucks uh, on on very valuable gasoline fumes based on the price of gas and being told, guess what? You have another 25K to drive before you can be assessed. And when you get to the Smith's Fall site, you're going to be uh, in a physical facility, which will be overwhelmed because of all of Perth's residents are going there. So yeah, it's a pretty uh, tough situation to be in, to be sure. It must, for you, just, it must be difficult. I have 40 years you've been there. This is the first time this has happened. Uh, what are you telling people when they show up? Uh, well, uh, I think, you know, we're telling them we're sorry. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think the message has got to be that we can't ever let the situation ever happen again. Uh, you know, it's been framed as, you know, another uh, victim of COVID. That, that, that simply isn't true. Yes, technically speaking, uh, COVID caused us to go from five to three nurses in the closure emergency department. But the true reality of this is that COVID did not cause us to go from 15 nurses to five. Uh, and so you know, we have to start addressing uh, and embracing the concept that emergency nurses really, for the social fabric of Canadian healthcare, are a vitally important resource. And we have to listen to them when they are saying, you know, we're concerned about whether we're providing safe care. We need more resources to do the job properly. That's, that's the moral of this story. And clearly, this is not happening simply in Perth. We're seeing reports of nurses leaving and of, of, of other emergency room staff leaving as well in, in hospitals right across the country, big and small. Yeah, well, you know, I, I am a co-chair of public affairs for the National Emergency Physicians Association, so I am fully aware uh, that this has been going on now for well over a year. Uh, you know, in Gatineau Hospital last year closed for a week. Uh, which is a suburb of Ottawa, closed for a week because of a shortage of nurses. My brother is an emergency physician at St. Mary's in Montreal, and I was talking to him, and he told me that their weekend cadre of of nurses in their emergency department, which is a busy emergency department, has gone down from 15 to 5, and he worries about whether they can provide safe care. So this is a national problem, uh, and because of the balkanization of healthcare in Canada, it's been sort of downloaded to the provinces to sort out, and here in Ontario, uh, you know, it's a provincial uh, requirement to sort of make sure that we get the care we deserve. But here we are, uh, and it's been downloaded to the hospital to sort out a provincial problem, which is in fact a national problem. There is something terribly wrong with this picture. The impact on patients must, there must be a domino effect as well. If they're not getting that initial primary care or their initial emergency care, then it just cascades, does it not? Well, it would. And these rural emergency closures, I mean, ostensibly we're a system of care. And so one, when one goes down, uh, the dominoes start to fall. And I think that would probably be best reflected in the fact that, you know, our ambulances uh, will not be able to respond in a timely manner because they're probably going to be stuck outside one of our community hospitals, you know, 25, 30 kilometers away waiting to offload. Our emergency department in Smith Walls will become, you know, threatened with being overwhelmed uh, depending on the acuity of patients presenting. And more importantly that, you know, Canadians, when they go to bed at night, they, they go to bed safe in the knowledge that there's an emergency department there to provide them timely access to quality care. And when things like this happen, it, it shakes the confidence of Canadians in the integrity of their healthcare system, and more importantly, their emergency healthcare system. And uh, you would think, uh, and I'm not, I don't want to beat up on Doug Ford. He gets enough of that you know, on his own. But, you know, he, he's, and I'm not conservative, um, to be straight. Uh, he's been blaming the Liberals and Kathleen Wynne now for 
for years. This is now his second term in office. Uh, you know, he was elected and improving, you know, healthcare in Ontario. And there's been crickets, silence. We've had a health minister for two weeks now, silence, not a word, as one emergency department in this province after another uh, closes temporarily. You know, our local MPP is a nice guy. His name is John Jordan. He was elected uh, on a campaign of improving rural, rural health care. And within a week of taking his oath of office, they closed the business emergency department in the region. Like, there's something fundamentally wrong with a national problem being devolved to the provinces, being devolved to local hospital administrations. Uh, a national problem requires a national solution, which in my view recall, includes making sure that we have adequate nurses to provide the healthcare that Canadians have come to expect. Uh, and that has been, that sort of leadership in that file has been sadly lacking at all levels of government. My guest is Dr. Alan Drummond. He's a family and emergency physician based in Perth, Ontario. He's also the co-chair of public affairs for the Canadian Association of Emergency Physicians. We're talking about the fact that his emergency room has had to close. It is still closed now. Uh, one of many across the country forced to close because of a lack of staff and just the impact of that. When we come back, we'll talk a bit more about what can be done. Clearly, we're in an emergency for emergency rooms right now. Uh, but even long term, what are the solutions? Uh, we'll be back with that. I'm speaking with Dr. Alan Drummond. He's a family and emergency physician in, based in Perth, Ontario, where the ER that he's in has had to close. Uh, one of many across the country facing severe staffing shortages, not able to provide uh, the kind of care necessary to remain open. He's also co-chair of public affairs for the Canadian Association of Emergency Physicians, so well aware of what the situation is right across the country. So what is the solution? We've heard premiers, of course, uh, our premier here, John Horgan in BC, uh, has been ca calling for more money from the feds um, for a huge increase, $28 billion, I believe in funding uh, is that the solution is it simply more money from the federal government or is it more complicated than that i think it's more complicated than that and uh you know i, I i've been in medicine for like four decades now and uh uh you know it's always more money coming out of the provinces and yet there's no accountability for those dollars spent and that fundamentally is the problem in canadian healthcare is that the, you know, they always call on the feds to increase their share of the federal transfers for health, but there's never any accountability for meeting various targets or uh, or various goals in healthcare. Every province gets to do its own thing, and the money disappears into the, the great abyss. Uh, so, I mean, ultimately, if we're talking about in, in hiring more nurses, for sure, we're talking about you know making sure that you know there's money available to pay the nurses what they're entitled to. I know in Ontario they so they capped that, and uh, that's had a dramatic and profound and negative effect i think in terms of maintaining our, our emergency workforce um so sure money comes into it but money without accountability is uh, is pretty meaningless i think uh in terms of you know going forward you know covid is going to provide us with an opportunity i think uh in a forensic post-mortem to try and decide you know what's gone wrong with canadian healthcare, what's gone right and how we can improve things uh, going forward so you know uh, we need to rethink about how we sort of provide emergency services, we, what the what the human resources strategy has to be on the long term for how many nurses, uh, how many emergency nurses we're going to need, how many emergency physicians we're going to need. A couple of years ago, our association did a study of, of uh, emergency physicians in this country and predicted that by the year uh, 2025, we would be short 2,000 emergency physicians. That, 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 that study got sent to every provincial government and the federal government, and the uh, response was like nothing, like it's... We'll sort it out when it happens. I, it seems to me that they're very content to sort of put out the, the little bushfires that spring up in every little department here and there and cross their fingers and cross their toes and hold their breath that, you know, the bushfire will go out without much uh, 
without much uh, public uh, public awareness or publicity. But you know, certainly in Ontario, certainly in our country, those bushfires have become a conflagration of fires uh, that are spreading from coast to coast. And you know, there needs to be some national leadership, and there needs to be some response. I think a collaborative effort to decide, you know, what our human resources strategy is going forward. Because anyone, anyone who's ever set foot in an ER knows just how dedicated everyone in that room is for them to start leaving and walking away saying, you know what, maybe we're not all in this together, must sound alarm bells for someone such as yourself who's been in this profession for so long. Yeah, it does. You know, I'm very proud of uh, my team here in this emergency department. Uh, you know, it's kind of like my baby. I've kind of nurtured it along over the last 40 years. It's been my, you know, my, my principal professional commitment is to making sure that people in Perth and in the townships get the very best of care available within the limited resources necessitated by a rural hospital. And this is a real gut punch for me uh, to see my staff treated this way, uh, to see their uh, concerns ignored, uh, to see a department uh, shut down, uh, totally unsettling uh, the broader community. Yeah, this is really tough for me to witness. And, you know, I don't take any solace from knowing that we're not alone. Uh, that doesn't help me one bit, and it doesn't help my community. And my community doesn't want to hear that, you know, uh, COVID has caused all of this. That's not true. Uh, my, my community isn't helped by saying it's an in, in, industry-wide problem with staffing shortages. There were things that could have been done years ago to improve the morale and the, and, the, and the integrity of our nursing service, and it just didn't happen. Do you have any hope in the short term that this will get any better? Well, look, if there's no hope, then what do we have? And uh, so, you know, my view is this has become a national problem garnering national attention. Uh, you know, this is the summer of discontent for emergency services. I refer to it as the four, the four horsemen of the ER apocalypse, uh, you know, descending upon every department that I know of. And certainly all of our members are saying the same thing. So there's no, there's no wiggle room. You know, the cat is out of the bag. We all know what the problems are now and that these are affecting way too many communities and really threatening the well-being of Canadians. So, you know, it, this, if ever there was a time to say, okay, we need to review where we're going and, you know, what needs to be done better, this is the time. And we're not going to let the politicians off the hook. There's, uh, there's, no, there's no wiggle room. There's no place to hide anymore. It, you know, the cat's out of the bag. We're suffering. You know, you need to sort of, you know, rise to the challenge and help us. Help us maintain the integrity of our emergency health system. Because ultimately what happens here is Canadians die if you're not open. I mean, that, that's, what, yeah. that's what we're down to. Well, Canadians have been complaining about length of uh, times in, in uh, airports and losing their luggage, and you're absolutely right. Yeah, they, they may lose their luggage, but they certainly may lose their lives. And I don't want to be melodramatic or rhetorical or over the top. Believe me, I, that's not my intent here. But the, the, the sad reality is that's the truth. It, it's just going to take you know one young person seizing in the back of their parents' car, having come from Tichborne or Charbot Lake or Plevna, uh, having endured, you know, an hour and a half drive into this hospital to find out the doors closed with minimal assistance by one emergency physician and one emergency nurse uh, to provide a critical care resuscitation. And that kid's going to die. It's just going to take one person being brought in the back of a pickup truck, having had their ATV crush their pelvis and bring them in here on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday morning or in the middle of the night to be met by a very limited staff of one doctor, one nurse. And that person may well die. And yeah, this this is all about lives. And this is what this is all about. And uh, I apologize to anybody who feels like I'm being over the top. I'm not trying to be. I'm just trying to be straight and factual. Dr. Drummond, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much.